do a quick little test to make sure everything's in there. Can you say something, please? I just did! You <laughs> <laughs> just made a beeping sound! Don't be so dickhead! <laughs> 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 I just did say something, actually, Charlie! <laughs> no, it's not words. God, I thought you did English lit! <laughs> oh, God, okay. Um, Welcome to the Vampire Book Club, the podcast where we record an episode and then I completely lose the file and we have to record it again a month later. I'm Charlie. I'm Jamie. Yes, this is the second time we're recording this episode by rights. This should have come out a month ago. Charlie really did everything that she possibly could. Oh my god, to... I was on I was on the help desk to Adobe. Like I, it was so bad as well because like I recorded it. The, I started editing it the day after we recorded it and I was like a little bit hungover from when mm-hmm. we went after drinks afterwards mm-hmm. and then I just like woke up just felt not great and was like calling these people being like and you don't get me and my period started that day as well so it was just oh, like oh god honestly I was such a mess I was just, I literally was crying in bed and just my poor boyfriend was like it's, I don't know what to do <laughs> I'm pretty sure just like one extremely laughably absurdly bad day is how like Jokers are made. <laughs> just, just so you know. Yeah, well, it's not quite happened yet, but I mean, just... I mean yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. in the grand scheme of how bad a day could get. Like, it's probably pretty minimal. Probably pretty minimal. I mean, if I lose this file, that might be the straw. The lot will fly. Yeah, true. I mean, if I lose this file, we're just not going to record this again because I literally, I, I can't, I can't. So. Here we go! <laughs> good luck! <laughs> How are you anyway, Jamie? I'm good, I'm good. Um, well, Charlie's just made us a coffee in... Uh, I, I have no... I keep calling it a percolator. I have no idea whether it is a percolator. So no, it's called a cafetiere. A cafetiere, then. That is the name of it. It's not percolator, it's cafetiere. Isn't there a song um, that's like, percolator, operator... Oh, maybe I'm just making that up. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. well, I, don't, I don't believe you'd lie. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure, I'm, sure there is. I'm sure there is. But this is a very good, strong coffee, and it really is... It really is um, it's is it hitting the spot? Yeah, it's really hitting the good. spot. I'm quite, t- I'm quite tired today. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we're going to see how we how we go with um, with old Twilight bear again. With <laughs> bear with us. Bear, bear with us, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the good thing is though, fortunately, I, I literally don't remember anything we said last time, so. Mm, me neither. So this is going to be completely new for both of us. Mm-hmm. How exciting. And since then I have done a bit of work on my dissertation, so hopefully that will be slightly informative in some way. Mm. Listeners, if you didn't know, I am writing my dissertation on Twilight. I feel like I announce that every time, but any new listeners, that's what I'm doing. Don't know why you would start with Twilight Part 2. Anyway, I'm rambling. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's go on. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay, and uh, so I did, when we recorded this before, um, listen back to uh, Twilight Part 1 to see what areas we need to get to get cover. And I, I don't out. think I could remember then, so if we do repeat ourselves... Sorry, I also haven't made any new notes this time. Um, <laughs> I have just added the words Victoria, the main villain, question mark. And so that is where we're going to start. Jamie, 
tell us briefly who who Victoria is because we didn't we did not mention her at all in the last episode really. Victoria is um part of the cohort that kill um who is it Billy Black? No, not Billy Black. Sorry, Billy Black. Um, who who is it they kill? The Clearwater father. Well, they don't. They do okay. kill him. Uh, Okay, right. kill him! Okay, so already okay. <laughs> so we're already, kill that's already okay, so this is already contested. Okay. Um first of all, yeah, so Victoria is um a member of James's coven, the three the three vampires James. Victoria, if you were gonna do this, why didn't you just leave it up to me? <laughs> I just want you to feel involved, Jamie. <laughs> And I also just don't want to think. Um, uh, and uh, they, James, James Society wants to kill Bella, and so they all try and go after her. Uh, apart from Laurent, who's like, oh, I just don't want you, they're coming after you. But he ends up getting killed anyway. But that's, mm. that's beside the point. Um, and then they kill James, and then Victoria spends New Moon and Eclipse trying to get revenge and kill Bella, so mm-hmm. Edward knows how it feels to lose the love of your life. Um, but no, they, she doesn't kill. She doesn't kill Harry Clearwater. And I wouldn't... Who does? So no one kills. He has a heart attack. Uh, oh. He has a heart... So in, in the film, he has a heart attack when they're out hunting bears... And what bears like quote quote quotation marks being Victoria, the the new vampire in town, right? And you know, in the film, there's like that, you know, the groovy soundtrack, and Harry's like covering up the wolf tracks. That's it. <laughs> who's the one? Then, who's the guy that gets eaten on the fishing boat? Is that just a, a, like a random? That's one? um, I don't know, but I know he is the town Santa Claus. <laughs> Resident Santa. <laughs> I can't remember his name now. That's gonna really annoy me. An empty festival in the like... community. Anyway, anyway, he's in the books. That is actually not what happens, and I only know this because I was briefly flipping through the official illustrated guide to the Ooh. Twilight Saga, which I purchased specifically for my dissertation, and it's actually a wealth of information. Isn't she glossy? There's so much stuff in here that is just not in the books. Like, Stephanie wrote this being like, this is what was happening. And it was like, oh, you didn't say any of that. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Harry dies because Mm. of Leah Clearwater. I'm going to get into Leah Clearwater because we didn't get to her in the last episode. No, we didn't. But she's a very interesting character. But Harry Clearwater dies in the books when Leah turns for the first time Mm -hmm. and if she doesn't know what's going on, obviously, and she's, like, feeling, like, all this rage all of a sudden, and she's, like, you know, physically shaking, and she's, like, oh, what's going on, and having all these mood swings, and then one night she, like, loses it at her mum and her dad, Harry, because they're, like, mm, you're being a bit moody, and she's, like, Whoa! and then she just turns into a wolf in the living room, and that sets her little brother, Seth's, like, first transformation off as well, oh my gosh. and the shock of it kills Harry. <laughs> Oh my god! His weakened heart. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. So that's how it happens in the books. Okay. In the film, I think he just like sees Victoria, oh! and he has a heart set. Oh. Okay. Well, <laughs> there you go. There you have it. So uh, anyway, that was that. <laughs> summary by Charlie. Gone away. Okay. Gone away slightly from the point, which is Victoria. Mm. I think Victoria is a very interesting character because she's almost not a character, and yet I would say the plot of the entire first three books essentially revolved around her. Mm-hmm. She is just sort of, she does kind of like 
act just as like a narrative device. Like she seems to have very little. Like what are Victoria's personality traits? Like let's think of. Them. Well, well, if I may, oh, oh, hold on. This sounds like it was. This is beginning to sound like it was sponsored by the official yeah. guide this episode. I assure you, listeners, but without ref- it was not. Without referring to that, I would say vengeful. Vengeful, um, which is uh, like apparently just like a trait of vampires in the universe. Yeah. If you drink blood, you want revenge. It says that in this book. I'm oh, not making that up. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. V- vengeful. Um, all the other words I can think of are just like synonyms for vengeful. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Like bitter. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I can't think of any quality she has. Well, I suppose like I think they gave her that fur coat in the film just to give her. It's a lovely. Uh, yeah, it's a really it's good very, fur coat. I think that's really coat. her only personality. Trait. Yeah, the fur coat and the red hair. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that's what I mean. I guess if you sort of like have a good enough aesthetic, you don't need any substance. That's what I go for. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, that's what our entire friendship is based on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, apparently, so she has a special ability. It's a shit special ability, but not. The worst one. Okay. So her special ability was exceptionally that she is exceptionally good at evading enemies, okay. which I would argue is not an ability. That seems like something applied in but... retrospect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I know. Well, there's backstory to this. So, okay. <laughs> so apparently, Victoria in this in this has literally pages and pages of oh, backstory does, yeah. that we just never hear about in the books huh. so <laughs> but to give it some context so she was born in the 1550s mm. which i think is like the best era to be born because you can go and see shakespeare in the theater anyway she's from england as well so okay okay repping that um <laughs> so it's a desirable a great character. big shakespearean i didn't i didn't get a great big victorian vibe from her she didn't conduct herself like a victorian Elizabethan. yeah well, <laughs> yeah Elizabethan woman might well yeah victorian what the hell am i talking about because her name's victoria, victoria. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i suppose she is victorian she is yeah. <laughs> um so she's born in london in the 1550s and she's born out of wedlock to a maid and so essentially like i mean it's really like lo- it's so long i think it's all listeners if you want to find out like the the real detail of her upbringing i think it's on the the twilight with you so go check that out but essentially like she and her sister and they end up they go through like loads of houses <laughs> it's, it's, it, there's a weird like caveat here where it's like oh because her hair was so brightly red mm. her terrible uh i was about to say master but like employer like can find her really easily because of her red hair so she just gets beaten all the time oh, so presumably this is why in her uh immortal life she is very good at hiding because she has to like learn how to hide in her normal life, which is fucking dark. That is very to avoid being beaten. <laughs> it's not like the first. It's similar to sort of like well, how like Alice's like power is like born of her trauma. Alice's, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. Is what, it? Okay. I'm really not on. No, it, it won't. No, we'll go we'll get on to that because then. No, 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 no. I do believe we've touched on Alice before. We have touched on Alice, but like the thing is, like in the books, it's always like this is the another thing. It's like always in the books. She's like, I'm too traumatized to remember what happened to me, and everyone's like, Yeah, if she can't remember what happened to her in her normal life. In this book, it gives you all the information about what happened to her. It's just not in the. It's just not in the mm. in the books. It's so weird. That is odd. But um, anyway, uh, yeah. So <laughs> Victoria. Victoria, yeah. And then she becomes a prostitute with her sister, and then her sister becomes a vampire, and then her sister turns her into a vampire, and then they join a coven, and then the Volturi kill that coven, and so she's like constantly avoiding the Volturi. But anyway, 
why is she like what are the Volturi like, what are the what do the Volturi want to do to her? Kill the her. Volturi want to kill her because why? essentially like so there's so it's actually quite cool and uh, might give you a bit more respect for Victoria is that she joined this coven along with you know the in the film when they're all like going and they're like in when they're in the old Volturi castle. Yes. And the tour party's there and there's that vampire at the front in the red dress yes. and she's like leading them to their deaths essentially and they do absolutely nothing about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, so she, I think her name's like Heidi or something and she was like in this coven as well. It was essentially this all-female coven Okay. This was started by I think this female German vampire who was like, I'm going to start mate- turning women into vampires so that they like can, you know have it a bit easier in their like shitty lives Mm -hmm. so they just like live as this like female coven but it like starts getting too big and then arrow's like ah that's a challenge to me that's interesting kill you that's interesting yeah and then they take heidi because she's got like this weird she's got like a weird superpower for being like super hot (laughs) (laughs) same <laughs> Apparently, she's just like like people are just like really attracted to her, and that's her superpower. So Arrow gets oh, her. Oh, nice so. for some, isn't it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> to be a vampire and to be like as, but, like just so hot as a vampire. I also love that this this, this implies like it, it, like the implication that like one vampire can be like like we, like I, I can't remember again if we touched on this in the previous episode or this was the episode that we lost where it's like <laughs> what is kind of like the the like. I don't know, the meter, I suppose, for, like, vampire hotness. Because if Heidi, like you just said, is... Her superpower is that she's exceptionally hot for a vampire who were, by dint of being a vampire, supposed to be extremely hot anyway. Mm. Um, like, what does an ugly vampire look like? An ugly vampire looks like James. Oh, my God, this this book is so useful, you guys. This an ugly vampire looks like James, and it's not it's not represented well in this story. But apparently, like he's described in his life as just being absolutely hideous. Oh God! <laughs> it's like, and there's a point in the in the books where Bella's like, oh, like that, like James, he like wasn't as hot as the other ones, and it's because he was super fucking ugly in his normal life. <laughs> so the the, the quote unquote the change, the change. could even sort out that face, honey. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he's still fine, but like he's just not like as. Yeah, I love James it. was not as beautiful as most vampires, and apparently, yeah, he was just fucking ugly. It took him from life. a four to a six, or like a four <laughs> yeah. to like a seven, <laughs> like a middling seven. <laughs> yeah, but he just used to get laughed at because he was like so unattractive, but he was also like, yeah, he's quite surprised and pleased with Heidi's abilities, and surprised that he was no longer considered ugly. Oh <laughs> Come on, Miss. Come on, Miss Physi- yeah. Physiognomy it, Mayor. And they don't really do a lot, like in about it in the films apart from giving that terrible hair scar. Yeah. <laughs> Which I never noticed when it first came out, but sit watching it since I'm just like, that is literally the worst hair ever. Why why have they given him this wig? It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Weird blonde ponytail. It's not good at all. Strange. Anyway, back to Victoria. Mm. So Victoria's quite interesting, um, I think, because like, yeah, like the whole it's just I think it just says something very interesting about the narrative that essentially all of the plot for Twilight centers around this one woman who is in three scenes mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. barely speaks i don't think she speaks in the first one and she manages to somehow sort of like she manages to like amass that army but even then like riley the her weird like henchman seems to get more screen not, not even just screen time but like more time in the novel as well yeah. than, than she does she's just not 
really it's like, like why why not have victoria do why this alice character can, alice will be able to like alice is like watching her oh, decisions, I see. so right, she can't yeah. make any decisions so she gets riley you really do get the sense henchman riley you really do get the sense that like Mira is just kind of like I don't know she's she, as she's writing she's like ah shit she just kind of like realise that she's undercut herself and then she's like fuck um, and because of that like Victoria just get, kind of gets like pushed to the wayside I feel like it is kind of like it is part of the way that she kind of has written like I, I don't claim to know like any of the sort of like her planning process behind Twilight but uh, there just does <laughs> well there was one but like there, there, there is definitely the sense that the narrative kind of just finds itself having to make her sideline her as a necessity yeah it's very like it very much feels like the story that she wants to tell is just like bella and edward mm. being in love mm. and you know in order to sell some books she has to like throw in a bit about you know some kind of like arbitrary threat to bella's life that they have to deal with but really it's just about them, like being in love and i think it's yeah i think it's very interesting because the book is like, I think I mentioned this last time, but it's so centred around, like, Bella's narrative. Like, it's so kind of, like, tunnel vision on Bella. And mm. you kind of get glimpses of, like, other things going on. Like, as Bella goes through the story and kind of, like, sort of, like, shows some interest in someone other than Edward. Um, but, yeah. like, mostly it's just, like, focus on her. Um, and, yeah, like, uh, uh, Victoria is one of them where it's, like, she's the, really, the, like, the main villain and, like, the main threat to Bella throughout all through the books because Bella just doesn't really pay any attention to it. Yeah. You just get these hints of, like, the walls being, like, oh, like, there's a vampire, like, kind of stalking you. Or, like, she'll, like, go into her bedroom and be like, mm, this feels weird. Like, mm, I feel like someone's moved some, some stuff around. Yeah. And it's, like, all of these, like, random... And, that, and that's essentially, like, Victoria's presence throughout the whole narrative, which I think is quite gothic. It's like, very gothic. Of, this kind of sense of someone lurking around in the distance, this kind of, like, almost, like, spectral quality, I suppose. I mean, even in, like, you know that that's, um, part where she's kind of, like, playing the, the like, the boundaries drawn between, like, the Cullens and, like, the, the werewolf pack, like, Sam's pack. Like, she's, like, bouncing between them because she's kind of, like, playing off of, like, this like historical rivalry that she you know she obviously has like a stake in like, hey <laughs> she's a, a vampire it's a vampire pun but um <laughs> yeah but she, i don't know like and i guess is that gothic i don't know i just think that's an interesting thing well liminality like she's like literally existing on those boundaries and then she's like she, i think i'm pretty sure like I'm, I'm referencing the movie here but like she jumps into the ocean and just, there is something like I, I just love that kind of shit just like there's just about like i don't know i feel like more vampires there should be more moments where the vampires went underwater yeah we said this last time yeah. we said color yeah colors of atlantis would be a great that would yeah, be why amazing would you not just oh my god you could go like the things you could do if you were a vampire yeah how you could literally just like go underwater and just like discover like why are there no like amazing like vampire marine biologists yeah. who are just like uncannily oh i've made this amazing new discovery no one's ever seen this before how did i do it oh so marine yeah, that i can't show you <laughs> like it yields listen like especially like as a like a bunch of these vampires like fucking cross the old white like like people from like colonial times <laughs> so it's like listen you are legitimately able to sort of like you oh you know walk the land of the ocean the the, the seabed <laughs> the the, walk the land of the seabed and like i don't know like 
construct a society on it because you literally don't need fucking you don't need to breathe so you could just kind of like do that you could create an atlantis yeah and it's not like you're gonna get cold or anything no it wouldn't even matter you just you could literally just swim around naked have all the like crazy 12 hour sex marathons you want exactly underwater yeah the thing of the possibility (laughs) you're dreaming too small i know i know (laughs) oh god well yeah i mean 100 percent 100 percent but speaking of um, new we've touched on that because I, yeah, <laughs> touched on that. Probably bring it up again later. I just wanted to point, just wanted to point out because I genuinely find it insane. That it's like this is the main plot, and we never see her. Anyway, moving on to what was I about to say? Yes, vampire bodies. We did talk about them in the last episode, but mm. I do want to go back a little bit um, and just like re go over that a little bit. And I can't remember why just from looking at my notes. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> Because I've been writing my essay on uh, Twilight, I've been um, writing a little bit about um, vampire consumers, and I think it's I think the representation of the Cullen family as being surprising vampires okay. and kind of like rejecting kind of like the normal vampiric tropes mm-hmm. is quite interesting. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Um, in relation to the fact that, like, if, like, so these, okay, so these vampires, like, have, like, a super long life span. Mm. Like, it's, like, immortal. They're they're literally immortal. But they've been alive for, like, quite a long time. Mm -hmm. But, like, I just think it's so interesting that, like, for example, like, everything they have is new. Yeah. Like, like, all, like, the, you know, the house that she describes and I want to talk a bit about the house um in a second because there's some more there's a lot of very detailed information of the house and it's absolutely bonkers um but but anyway um yeah the house is like kind of super modern and like you know new newly designed and like they always make a point of saying that Esme spent ages like renovating this old house to like make it like super cool and like nice and new you know they wear like modern clothes like they're not like dressed in like um like capes yeah. <laughs> like your Bella Lugosi capes which I think is a shame but um yeah they have all these like they have all these like um yeah, they're basically like they're almost yeah they're obviously like they're trying to assimilate like that is that is the purpose of it mm. but I think it's I think it's so interesting in terms of the Cullens because like you know like they don't have anything except for Carlisle's old cross from their human lives and there's such like an emphasis like in these books on like or like a lack of emphasis rather on like their human lives like you hear like a lot about like their transformation their early years as vampires but there's not really a sense of them like of what their life was like before really like in most cases you kind of get a bit of it with Carlisle but like Mm. not a lot and so yeah like it's 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 kind of like it plays into it plays into this really really interesting idea that I always think about of like you know the the trope and it happens in like so many vampire things of like where like writing vampire characters who simply like cannot understand like humanity but it's like but you were a human at one point yeah and you're like and they're like behaving like you know like you know doing normal things like eating three times a day is like completely alien to them yeah. it's like, but you used to do this like you used to do this as if they've like lost their human histories through... yeah exactly like they've always been a vampire mm. and i think it, i think it's like so much so heightened uh in in regards to the cullens because 
yeah, like, they do, like, they don't keep anything from their past. They have this really, like, modern house. They're, like, all super young. They also, like, go through this cycle, like, of, like, every, like, I don't know, like, five or so years of, like, like, moving to a new town and, like, starting high school again. And it's, like, this constant, like, cyclical nature mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, a linear one. Like, there's not really a sense that they've sort of, like, there's not really a sense that they've had, like, one long lifetime. It's more of a sense that they've had, like, loads of, like, short lifetimes. Yeah. Which is, like, a very interesting experience. And so, like, a lot of their, like, um, the lot of the way that, like, Bella, like, conceptualises them as being, like, morally good or, like, better than the Voltor or anything like that um, is, like, their ability to assimilate in time. Yeah. And obviously this is, like, super connected to, like, their materialism. So, like, for example, like, the fact that they don't eat humans means that they can stay in one place and have a house and have loads of cars and, like you know, spend their money and enjoy, like, this very consumeristic lifestyle. I do think it's interesting as well, like, especially sort of considering them, well, you know, like, like, like you said, talking about sort of, like, more traditional vampiric tropes, you always go back to, like, Dracula, but also, like, we've spoken about before, like, looking at, like, the Volturi, like, you have this idea of, like, you know, like, the vampire in its, in, in his sensual palace, sort of, like, this, like, creature of, like, hedonism, which is, you know, what arrow is like we've mm. shown so many like s- scenes and sort of of that exactly that exactly that happening mm. but it's almost like you know the second part obviously where dracula goes to whitby it's as if like if we're gonna continue this kind of like vein but hey this coffee is working maybe i'll find like a drum sound of a bit of but yeah it's almost as if like you know like the volturi is dracula in his kind of like you know his his voluptuous mansion but then the cullen family are as if dracula came to whitby got a mortgage yeah and then just kind settled of like down, settled down and lived in moderation your job just like, Lucy, the just like a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah like not, not crazy just a little, straw just a little bit like every so often so that people you know like so the man <laughs> didn't get suspicious it's, 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 it's as if that happened and then just kind of like moved around england and just continuously continued to kind of do that yeah, you know, it's strange, but like, yeah, he's always driving. He's got a mortgage. Like, why don't we hear about the Cullens' mortgage? Like, if they're moving around every five years. I think years. they buy it outright because they've got so seems much. Odd. Money. That seems like a neat, leave an odd uh, history. Well, with well the this bank. is the thing. Hang on, let me just. Okay, I am going to go get back to this point because I do want to continue it. This is the most boring wanna, thing to ever ask about. Like, about do like, you want to like touch on this? Because I honestly, it was honestly bonkers. Hang on, the Cullens' house. There's a, there's a whole section on it in this book somewhere. Ah, right there we go. <laughs> so, so she includes like a really like a really um detailed description describing where everything is in the house and stuff like that. And um, so I'm not going to read it all out because it's quite long. But um, so to the left of the front door is a wide central staircase. To the right is a raised area with a grand piano in the centre. Also to the right are a dining room and a kitchen, but these are more for show than for actual use. Behind the stairs is the office of C E E Inc, the Cullen's personal company, where they manage all of their business dealings. Okay. Continue on from that, further down the page, we also have, um, so we go up to the third floor, um, the room that Carla and Esme share is on the top floor of the staircase, um, 
top floor of the staircase on the first floor. Edward's room is also on this floor facing south. The, rem the remainder of the first floor, the remainder of the third floor, sorry, is called the library and is used for any technically illegal activity such as forging birth certificates and hacking into computer systems, which the colonists do in order to maintain the various identities needed to live on those in human society. My God, what if you're a vampire that just like sucks at this kind of shit? Well, I mean, like... no, exactly. Because like, gener like, what is it? Like the millennials are the first generation who like, were, like can use yeah. technology without having to be told how to. I don't... What is it? What the fuck is a, a man from the 1640s? <laughs> how is he learning how? Has he just gone to like an IT like night yeah, class? Yeah, he went to like a night class at like Corks College and yeah. just like like got taught how to write got like, diploma, yeah, exactly. how to code. Proficient in exit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it, but I just love that little insight into like the inner workings of the house and yeah. like the CEE, the Cullen's personal. A company, which I assume they do, like, all of their, like... I want more information on this, Stephanie. But they must do all of their, like, again, investments and stuff out of it. It feels, like, very much like an impulse that's just, like... This, see? This is how they get... This is how they make their money. Leave me alone. This is how they make their money. Well, I mean, like, it, like, I Alice is psychic. Yeah. So, like... Yeah, and just, Alice is psychic. She so she can win the lottery. Stuff. Yeah. And, like, every time she, they need a little but bit also, more... also, like, the authorities... Like, influence. if someone's, like, doing so well on the stock market, surely there are authorities who investigate that kind of thing. I don't know. Anyway, this is this is yeah, the Volturi. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, our rent is due. Yeah. Alice, please. Yeah. <laughs> this is doing one of those tracking things, like tracking who Carlisle invested in. They're like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, gone, gone off topic. But, Again, um, yeah. Gone, <laughs> gone away from ourselves. Um, I can't remember what we we're talking about, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is, it is very tame. It's very weird. It's very, very strange for a vampire. And it's like very contrasted with obviously the Volturi, like you were just saying, mm. like how the Volturi like do like live in an old spooky castle with no light. And like they dress in like black robes, and they and do not engage in moderation. They they just gorge themselves. <laughs> and so yeah, I just I just think it's like a very interesting. I'm searching through my notes as I say this because I know there's something interesting I'd say, but I can't can't quite access it right now. Um, yeah, so like how like do like the the kind of their like like holding on to their past for one, like the kind of like the trappings of vampiricism are what make them evil. Mm -hmm. Like their relationship with time as like a linear construct rather than like a cyclical one mm. um is what makes them is like deeply connected to like what makes them like the villains in the piece because yeah. they they kind of embrace immortality in a linear way yeah rather than like seeing it kind of i suppose as like you know get another chance to do this again yeah it's kind of like i get another chance to do all the things you know god forbid know arrow sense. goes to a like a cashless venue <laughs> everyone in there is getting, getting sucked it's <laughs> <laughs> like you don't take doubloons yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's what makes what we do in the shadows so much fun because like you have like um oh my god what's his name Nandor like flicking coins <laughs> cashiers and stuff <laughs> we should do an episode on what we do in the we shadows um but anyway, yeah, I had another point to make about it, and I've forgotten it. Um... Oh yeah, no, but anyway, uh, yes, because because the Volturi have a closer relationship with their 
history with mm-hmm. their past. I think it's very interesting, and I I don't know if I'm breaching here, but I think it's very interesting to look at, to look at like the Cullens and like their lifestyle in the same way that we look at, for example, like the Gothic orphan mm. as someone who's like you you know like I feel, I feel like I say this I feel like I genuinely say this like every fucking class that we do on like any gothic book i'm like ah the gothic orphan here's here's what i think the gothic orphan is mm-hmm. so i'm sorry jamie for repeating myself yet again but for the listeners benefit um, <laughs> um so like i think it's I, I do think it's interesting like that you know in like traditional gothic literature some of which we've looked at there's always kind of like a, a young norm, normally like a young woman or like even like often like the main villain will like be an orphan as well and it's kind of like you know, especially, like, when it comes to, like, women, their, like, orphaned state, in a way, seems to, like, denote virtue, because mm-hmm. it's, like, this, like, d- unattainable virtue, because it's almost like you can't trace the kind of, like, sexual exploits that led to this person being here. Yeah, yeah, so it's almost like an immaculate conception, because mm. you can't, like, follow that that linear heritage. And I think, like, looking at the Cullens as being, like, someone who, like people who are, like, a de- like, detached from their, like, human history, their personal history... Um, even their history of, like, the last, like, you know, even, like, beyond the last five years, they're kind of, like, detached from that, and they're sort of, like, new people, quote-unquote. And so it's kind of, like, you know, consistently, like, remaking themselves in the style of this super-virtuous Gothic orphan, mm. whereas the Volturi kind of don't really do that. They're, they're kind of, like, hang on to their past. I don't know if I've learned at this point, but... No. <laughs> I get it! I get it! Great! <laughs> I love it! <laughs> Um, so yeah, I just, uh, like, talking about the Volturi as well, I just want to touch uh, briefly on some of the rules and regs, because I do think it's interesting, I've been looking, I've been writing about them for my dissertation. Um, because, yeah, like, it's, 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 it's such a, the, the kind of, you know, Bella sees the comes as virtuous for all the reasons aforementioned, mm. she wants to be a part of this family, she wants to, but she doesn't, like, there's a lot of description, I think, that we touched on in the last episode about her not having the right body, obviously she's human, her body is incorrect for the, and also like you know a literal danger to her. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you know because they all think she just smells so fucking good. Yeah, um, and she can't stop stumbling and cutting her. Yeah, husband. she's so weak and frail, yeah. and like it just incapable of like moving. It seems, but yeah. So it's 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 doubly interesting, and I think uh, like this is like will be a good way to like lead into like Leah Clearwater. Oh, that's what I've put in my notes. But um, mm. good. Um, like month ago, me was on this, but it's very interesting to like look at like Bella and Edward's relationship then in terms of like queer desire, which we did touch on last time, mm-hmm. but. Furthering on from that, you know, like, because because she sees the Volturi as, like, evil, and, like, she sees them as, like, being, like, you know, oh, my God, like, and Ellen's like, oh, I can't, like, t- they can't find out about you, because, like, he's literally, like, broken the law by, like, being with her and, like, telling her he's a vampire, because that's, like, the one rule. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's, like, there's, so so they have to, like, go through this whole, like, legal process for them to, like, prove, like, I- in law, like, why they should be in a relationship. Mm. So there's like this very like queer like under undercurrent of like the right to love, yeah, and, like, the right yeah. to love different kinds of bodies specifically, mm-hmm. and I suppose that's tied in as well with like procreation and stuff as well, in a way. In the go, go on, <laughs> well, in the in the they're not supposed to be able to procreate, yeah, I suppose as well, which is also sort of like yeah, and that's always been when Renesmee comes, she's like a miracle child, so yeah. like, this should be able to happen, yeah, and that's always been sort of like a obviously like a position 
held against the LGBT community or yeah. like the queer community. Very, know. very, very Which gay. Is unnatural. Very gay. And like the reason, like they have to, yeah, it's like a legal process for them to like, to like argue this right. Whereas like you know, in in other in other YA books, it maybe isn't like specifically like in law that this has to be proved. They don't take it to court. They just run away. Yeah, exactly. Whereas yeah. like it's interesting that it has to go through this kind of like level of bureaucracy in a way. Oh, for sure. Um. And it's very interesting. I've just been writing a, a paragraph for my dissertation about how, like, the ways in which, like, desire or, like, sexual contact, mm-hmm. like, informs law. Because, obviously, like, Arrow's gift. Mm. Like, the way that the legal... Si- maybe Okay, I'll go into... Uh, the way that the legal s- system is structured in Twilight is basically that, like... So, the Volturi don't police actively. They kind of rely on individual vampires coming to them and being like i've seen this thing happen and mm-hmm. then they send out their people to go and investigate and probably like kill them mm-hmm. um which is interesting because it kind of like gives the voltori a mandate for their rule because like if you know if someone's like oh i don't like the voltori i don't think they should be in power they don't have to tell them when illegal shit goes down i suppose it's all just like word of mouth as well so you don't know who's speaking here seeing I don't know why I just said it like that. Here see? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know who's bullshitting and who isn't, which is well, they, why I kind of well, like... do. You know, so it becomes like a, just a way for them to kind of just like a flex a political muscle. Well, they do, though, because like Arrow's Oh, gift, shit, yeah, okay. Arrow's, gift Arrow's gift is like... <laughs> well, it's interesting because it transforms him. Theoretically, it's it's not infallible, as we see in Breaking Dawn. Yeah. But it transforms yeah, him, well, it's effectively like into the, into the perfect witness because he his gift is that he if he touches you he can see all of you every memory every thought you've ever yeah. had he is the court judge yeah, jury, jury and executioner yeah so it's kind of like you don't need necessarily need to go through like a t- more traditional court system of like evidence and stuff like this because arrow will know theoretically mm-hmm. what what you've done um and he's like a vampire santa and so he <laughs> 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 but he has to like but it's interesting that he has to, like, touch you. Like, it relies on, like, physical contact, which he laments um, in in New Moon. He's like, ah, oh, I wish I could, like, read people's minds from, like, farther away, like you can, Edward. Mm. Um, and so it relies on this, like, sexual, like, skin-to-skin contact, which mm. is obviously, like, laden with, like, sexual um, connotations. Mm-hmm. And Bella, like, when she sees Arrow, she's like, oh, my God, his skin was, it's like... It's very intimate as well, isn't it? Yeah. Obviously, like... To see all of your yeah, memories yeah. as well, like... <laughs> God, you must know some shit. You must know some shit. Yeah. He's not an exceptionally stable person, is he? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, like, so, you know, the act of, like, witnessing or, like, bearing witness mm. in, in this universe is inherently sexual, mm-hmm. which I think is very interesting. So their whole legal system is, is based, really, like, around this kind of, like, sexual, sexual desire, sexual contact, sexual interaction. Mm. And it's, like, interesting the way that Arrow judges whether or not they should be together because he finds Bella he touches her but he but obviously because she's like a shield or whatever she's like immune to all vampire powers mm. apart from Alice's weirdly but anyway um yeah like, that is odd <laughs> um, but um yeah like um she's a, she's immune to all vampire powers and so like that act of like sexual um contact is unfulfilled and on that basis, he decides that she is able to be a vampire because he's curious about what kind of vampire she will be. And there's kind of like a, I need 
I need to finish <laughs> in, like, in like the most sexual sense of the word. Mm. Um, so I just thought, yeah, I think that's really interesting. And, and so it's like, yeah, like I say, also very inherently queer. And thinking about queer characters, I would like to touch on Lily So, um, do you want to say, do you want to give a bit of backstory about Lily Clearwater? Um, Leah Clearwater is <laughs> the... Well, we already... Charlie already, you know, basically schooled me and potentially you, depends how much how much information you're going into this with. But, uh, <laughs> how she killed her dad by... No, what did you... Wow, not passive. Well, you know, sort of like didn't mean to un... You know, accidentally killed her dad. Um, <laughs> but she's obviously got this... She's, she's like Sam's ex, Sam being the you know, quote-unquote alpha of the wolf pack um, and was broken up with when he imprinted on... I can't remember her name. Emily. Emily. Um, and she is not bitter about it, but it kind of sucks, you know, obviously after she transforms, having to be... And I think the rest of the wolves kind of, like, comment on it quite a lot about having to, like, we have to hear everyone's thoughts... Having to be sort of like part of this kind of like relationship that they have no desire to really be part of, which I suppose is also quite queer in the sense of sort of like boundaries of desire or being unable to opt out of essentially sort of, yeah, these these politics of desire. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, like you said, like, Leah used to go out with Sam, and then Sam imprinted on her cousin. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, right. Emily, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know um, they were related, that's... Yeah, yeah, they were. Um, strange. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, in the context of Twilight, you know. Yeah, so... It's fine. It's weird and gross, so... Um, but, yeah, the thing, the thing that's interesting about Leah is that, like... No one has ever come across a female wolf before. And this is why Harry, like, died of shock <laughs> when she transformed. Because obviously, like, he knows the signs of, like, what... Like, of, like, the transformation of, like, being a wolf. Mm. But he didn't, like, pick up on it with her because he was like, oh, like, there aren't any girl wolves. And so she transforms. She, like, in, in the process of her transformation, she, like, goes through these, like, huge changes to like her body also like emotionally and like hormonally she gets like you know she's essentially like being pumped with testosterone mm. like aggression and i think stephanie very... sort of like makes it quite clear as well that it is like an increase in testosterone that mm. like accompanies the yeah the bio the biology there mm. is like a huge hit of tea mm. and that's very interesting because like it yeah she essentially like i think she literally stephanie may literally points out that she goes through essentially a menopause mm. so she's left infertile um with full of testosterone uh a part of this kind of like boys club mm. and it's just very trans and i think it's really it cool is, like it it's is, such yeah. a, it's such a, it's a very like yeah it's like a like, I find it. I'm almost. I'm almost con- convinced myself that she did this intentionally because it's so, like, it's so like you know. This is literally essentially what happens I don't, to the body. Do you think I go? I don't know if she did it intentionally. No, I don't, I don't know if, I would, if she did. Yeah. But you can almost like it's so kind of like the you parallels. Can, well, yeah, the parallels. So it's such an analog for for sort of like FTM transition that you one would wonder 
that whether she did it on purpose, I don't personally. Think I don't. I don't think because I, I, I don't think Stephanie Mayer no. really knows the process of yeah transitioning. Her, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, but hey, maybe, maybe she does. And like I say, like it is, it is such a close parallel. And yeah. I think it's. I think it's weird that no one's talked about it before, or at least mm. not that I've ever seen. Mm. So we're going to talk about that now, um, <laughs> because again, like it is another another you know going back to what we were saying before about you know Bella's body and how it relates to kind of like the sexual economy is like very very politicized in the case of Leah who you know is in in order to be a wolf has to effectively be a man Mm -hmm. but also like because she's well not you know she didn't you know because she is a girl Mm. um (laughs) in a really complicated way um it also kind of like you know and has this, you know, heterosexual romantic history with Sam Yuli mm-hmm. and, you know, is kind of pitted against um, Emily in this very, like, uh, you, you know, kind of problematic anti-feminist... But it's, it, like, I'm not saying that that was what was happening, but just, mm-hmm. like, in, in a way that you could read it. Um, but kind of way... Um, and so it kind of, like, you know, becomes... Her position in the pack is, like, incredibly politicised yeah. in terms of, like, you know... And everyone kind of keeps on going on about, like, oh, my God, I hate having to hear, like, Leah's... The yeah. Leah and Sam drama, like, play out. Because they're all, like... It, they're all, like, involved in each other. Like, it's so... It's so kind of, like, incestuous it in is. their thoughts. Like, they're all just, like... The wolf polycule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, one kind of, like, one massive hive mind. And it's really interesting... Um, and so, yeah, like that, and that's part of the reason that she has to become a man is that she has to conform to this to this masculine standard in order to mm. become a wolf. Um, and I just think it's really interesting, especially considering that, like, in terms of, like, you know, we touched on last time briefly about like the racialized kind of presentation of the wolves. Mm-hmm. The kind of like the superpowers for wolves are very much revolve around them kind of being like. A, a collective mm-hmm. like they are a pack literally yeah um so like but they're all kind of like yeah like in a, which a is like a, a racialization as well as like old as time to create a monolith out of kind of like like the other culture yeah yeah for sure like this mm. yeah with this one kind of like hybrid being of mm-hmm. like multiple parts but um but uh i and i forgot my thought now but <laughs> sorry <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's interesting that like, yeah, it's, the, it's, 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 it's so kind of like, um, forced, like this, this, this kind of confirmation in order to gain this kind of like, mm. quote unquote, superpower, this super strength of being a wolf, the, you know, whatever, super healing, whatever, all of these things, you have to conform so, so much so that you like literally share a mind with these other people. Mm-hmm. And so it's all like, all of their superpowers are based around, uh, like, unlike the Cullens, this kind of like, Con- conformity rather than like individuality whereas all the colours like keep pointing out like ah oh, like this you know I have this amazing power and that makes me really unique and oh my god I really like her power because it makes her really unique and, yeah like, you know <laughs> and the wolves do not get that no they don't no. it's all like it's it's one power shed by effectively like one body mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and that body is male yeah. <laughs> like, that's it it's, it's 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 very interesting in terms of like Leah Clearwater's engagement with the pack mm. I think I found I am just going to look I think I did find an interesting quote from her that I did want to bring up but it, it might not be relevant but it also might be so I'm there's lots of illustrations it. in this book I know it's quite nice isn't it um, yeah also her inability to procreate 
it, so mm. in this like wolf society that, that was that was my point mm-hmm. I was leading on to I forgot um, <laughs> in this like wolf society they obviously have imprinting mm-hmm. which if we go back to so if, if that's making like weird noises I'm just like throwing the book around mm. um, <laughs> if we go back to like thinking about what we're saying about Bella and Edward and like their their fight to love who they choose the wolves have the complete opposite of that where they essentially like don't get a choice or like you know some of them don't get a choice in this act of like imprinting which is like a biological thing biological quote unquote unexplained thing that no one knows what happens mm-hmm. but probably happens for like evolutionary reasons but it's it's specifically with you know um um between a man and a woman mm-hmm. um possibly for uh reasons of procreation mm-hmm. um possibly just because because um, <laughs> no one knows but it's just like it's it's very much the inverse of like what's happening what's happening with Bella and Edward yeah and their like freedom to love yeah like, in terms of like the wolves they don't they don't really have that I just think and- like Leah Clearwater's representation is just so unfortunate because like because of obviously like the the conservative values that like Twilight totes there is no room in the narrative for this to be like liberating or really be celebrated in any way that could be potentially sort of like like queer joy in it or anything like that. It just has to be this kind of like you are like you know this sucks for Leah. Do you know what I mean? And that's how it's represented. Yeah. There's just no room in the narrative. Being for a her man to... sucks. Being yeah. denied kind of like the ability to have children so she can't have yeah. children bearing she... in mind it's like modern as well so it's like she can't just she, she she can't biologically have children which which is a problem for like a lot of couples but it's not like the end of the fucking world yeah, and, it's yeah like... literally. and it's like you know and she describes herself i've got the quote here she says i'm a genetic dead end yeah and, know it. and it's like there's no ch- since i've gone through this transition there's literally no hope for me yeah. whatsoever it's all a dead end all like it's like <laughs> it's like rosalie is described you know a stagnant pool all these kind of like <laughs> Like infertile women, for for one reason or another, are just sort of like and they're left so angry about it. in the water. Not yeah. a single one of them is like, oh, I'm I never wanted kids. Yeah, so well, actually, like, I quite enjoy this. Well, I guess like this, you know, this is this kind of sucks. And I always wanted to be pregnant, and you know, I but like I'm, perhaps I can experience kind of like motherhood or fatherhood or parenthood in a different way. There's no room for yeah, that. Maybe to I could happen. adopt a load of teens. Yeah, exactly. And pretend right. to raise them over and over. God, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I suppose it's kind of harder for Rosalie. Like, I suppose I can't just lump. Yeah, exactly. But it's weird that she like. Together, it's all, but... I always think it's weird that she just never. Rosalie needs like, needs, like considered... a pet. Rosalie should get like a like a dog or something. Or, like, yeah, a, I don't really... know. She should breed like those little white dogs. You know, like, the little sort of like <laughs> shit zoo. Chihuahua yeah. breeder. Rosalie. <laughs> yeah, I'll scratch an itch. Surely that'll scratch an itch. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I do. I do like. Yeah, she, yeah. She describes herself as a genetic dead end. Like like I say, like she can't, she goes through the menopause that she can't have children, mm. and you know apparently there's no other way to to be a mother if you can't produce a child from your womb, um, and also like presumably because of this, there's a, a a kind of implication that she won't be able to imprint either. So she's not even like destined for this kind of like amazing kind of like you know love that might you know sate the kind of to be like you know function as sort of like a bomb to yeah. this kind of yeah. <laughs> tough blow that she's been dealt because she can't have kids and because you know I mean obviously like it's not clear um 
why the wolves imprint, but presumably because she can't have kids, then she can't imprint either because one of the reasons might be that it is a uh, reason for procreation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like she's she's just completely fucked. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's so it's just it is it is a shame. Um uh, <laughs> yes, I've talked about the rent to conform. Um, so yeah, that's that's a bit on that's a bit on on that, and I think it, that's yeah, that, that, on that. that's that on that. And I do think it's interesting to look at those two, to look at Bella and Edward's relationship, and then to look at Leah Clearwater as kind of like stark contrast mm. that are like heavily racialized around like specifically around bodies of like different colors as mm-hmm, well. Like mm-hmm. it's like very. I just think it's interesting. It's pretty <laughs> icky. Pretty icky. Um, but anyway, that's a little bit of queer reading. Um, you made the point last time, last time we did the episode, mm. on like the vampire wolf conflict, the way they inhabit space. Um, did I? Yeah, you did. And I was wondering, because I can't rem- remember really what your point was, but I'm hoping that you can. Um. <laughs> you were talking about like the structure of like the boundaries and like, the rules about crossing crossing those boundaries, the fact that those boundaries like can't be crossed. Oh god. As also being a very like racialized thing in terms of like literally like the walls live on a reservation. Yeah. Um and like their kind of jurisdiction, if we want to put it again, like in legal terms, mm-hmm. of where they can patrol, who they can patrol, things like this. Would that I could remember my, <laughs> I'm sure extremely coherent. It's lost to my hard drive. It is, uh, yeah, it is, it is, I don't know, data frittered away. In okay, well let's, let's, well, let's go through a little bit of it. Okay. Well, let's, let's try to anyway. We'll just discuss the vampire wolf conflict and sort of. Yeah. To think. The Vegas To terms. think more in terms of like, to think more about the, 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 um, opposition between uh, you know, p- stacking these up as like opposing figures. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Stephanie May has a vendetta to prove that the vampires are great. Mm. And part of one of the reasons that she does this is because, like, you know, choose their family. Um, you know, Carlisle basically like handpicks people who he likes, um, yeah. or like who he thinks. I don't know. I don't know what his criteria is, but I suppose it's interesting as well. Like, just in terms of sort of like. like com- for the sake of comparisons as well, like and like Twilight being a very American text as well, is that the vampire the vampires are always, always invited to sort of like hallmarks of like heterosexual American culture, such as prom and like mm. weddings and stuff, whereas like the wolves are very often just kind of like on the fringe of those things. Or like yeah, and if they involved. turn up, it's kind of like a, oh, which now I'm, now I'm saying it out loud as well, is very sort of, it makes for a horrible analogue. Yeah. In terms of America's very bloody history. So. Yes, 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 it does. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Stephanie May quite, quite was aware of what she was doing. I don't doing think she was there. aware of it, but um, implications. <laughs> yeah, implications, no, exactly, like, just, like, just how bad it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 very much yeah. It's like this kind of like bordered, segregated yeah. <laughs> existence for both of them, mm. and kind of like yeah. But it's also, but it is interesting that the Cullens are kind of like ex- as sort of in a way like a seed to the wolves in the sense that like they're kind of like okay like we just won't do anything like we'll sign the street saying we're not gonna do anything and mm-hmm. if, you, if you if we do do anything like you can kill us literally like literally like you really think they away. would like yeah they're, they're kind of something but like i guess it's like 
you know, you well, you can't do anything apart from just kind of like believe them. Because I don't, I also don't like what was Carla just like, okay, guys, if any of us eats a human, we will just basically have to sort of like serve ourselves up to the wolves, like on maybe a hot wrap with some sauce. <laughs> like, that, I don't think that would happen either. So I just do think it is quite interesting as well, like how like a lot of these, like you keep talking about, like, like we keep talking about in terms of like sort of like judicial systems that there are a lot like the treaties and stuff it's so interesting to me that like you know it's like we'll sign these treaties and all you really have is kind of like this promise because that you know these are both sort of like supernatural like entities that could just kind of like well, you know you oh my god are the wolf idea detectives? is that yeah uh, wow <laughs> yeah exactly like who for the deer stalker <laughs> who's the guy who's class. the guy that you love that like looks over all of their paperwork jay jank jay jank like, do you think they just like even the, well no the treaty's supposed to be old as time isn't it like, i don't know how old is the fucking treaty the treaty uh, was set up because like somewhere. if they keep moving around the every was, five i years. think i think it's in the 1920s i know that right. rosalie they had rosalie they definitely didn't have Alex ja- or Jasper. Okay. But the, and they might I don't think they had Emmett either. So I think it was at that point it was just at the point at which hmm. uh Edward and Rosalie were part of the family. Okay. So it was just it was just the four of them. Right. Um <laughs> with Carla like awkwardly like trying to force <laughs> Rosalie and Edward together. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like God. with like Barbie dolls going like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah incest um which is interesting i guess as well as like again like you said like reading him as this sort of like god or like jesus figure this regardless this kind of like head of religion because religion motivates so much of this text and the writing of this text and the sort of like ways that this text can be read as well is that you know he is literally Play, he's god playing barbie doll being like heterosexuality is amazing and yeah. it is the way that it needs to be with two people who cannot engage in sort of like two people who never met he yeah, literally never find, met. he finds rosalie dying in the street yeah. he's like she'll be perfect for my son <laughs> what a woman yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like poor no wonder rosalie is filled with rage yeah yeah interesting that interesting that like just just thinking about like just thinking about kind of like like because we've just been doing um the romance of the forest by Anne Radcliffe and mm. the these past few weeks kind of thinking about kind of virtue and distress yeah him seeing Rosalie in the state of like basically being dead and just deciding like ah Edward would love her yeah. <laughs> like there's <laughs> like and be also like being completely wrong because Rosalie is like a more I wouldn't say like horrible character but a much more complex complex character than just being like virtuous yeah and i think it, i think it's it's such a bad decision for him it's a bad decision for literally everyone in that situation yeah for him to have changed rosalie and yeah, yeah no one admits this rosalie hates being a vampire like no one's ever i wonder if i wonder if we asked rosalie because she never she never gets a chance to say but like you know if, if whether she, if she had a choice whether she would have chosen to live or to live or die live quote unquote or die yeah yeah I guess I I think the only reason she well, I mean she's like she I love this, being but... an auntie so <laughs> yeah exactly but just with this like frantic like, yeah. <laughs> like a bottle of red wine like, yeah. I love being an aunt this is this is satisfactory this yeah. is enough for me <laughs> chihuahua yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a room full of chihuahuas behind her <laughs> yeah I think that, I think that's very interesting like yeah him kind of like playing not even playing God, but 
being a god in that way. Yeah. In this sort of like this kind of like predetermining their fate in a way by being like, this is the life you're gonna have. And not only that, but you also have to live according to my rules. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just like I'm not this just gonna is my house. <laughs> Like it's very much <laughs> And it's like, well, they never had a choice. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't, choice. They didn't ask to be born. Yeah. <laughs> such a teenage, such it a teenage is. dynamic. Like, I would so love weird. to know, like, what, what what would happen if they were like, I don't like this. Like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to live with you, Carlisle. What does he do? Just become sort of like this. That's where he, be- do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's, I think that's, that, weirdly, I think that's a lot of the reason they all think he's so great is that you're just like, well, I can't force you to say. And that's when Edward like goes off and like has his, but, wait, has like, but I want to stay in Forks and I'm going to eat these people with Carlisle, <laughs> with the Carmel who like Terminator. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I suppose they wouldn't be able to because they'd be like at the mercy of the Voltori. Yeah, but like, it, Carl's like, he, he, like, Emmett, Emmett went rogue. He's not ours anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I like, like, do you think there's just been people that haven't made the cut? That, like, like family members that just like haven't made the cut. <laughs> like, oh my god! Rip their heads off oh like in the mountain. Oh my god! I really want. Okay, so like, you're breaking like, door. Breaking door was in the end. Yeah. The next, the next the book the after Borbo that. Cullen. Got <laughs> <laughs> his head pulled off. <laughs> off the mountain. <laughs> yeah. The next book, the estranged sibling comes back, and they've all tried to forget them. And Bella's the only one seeing things, being like, "Oh god, this is really weird." And yeah. Play along. Yeah. What a great. That would be so gothic. That would as well. be great. That would be so. <laughs> That'd be so <laughs> Estranged Cullen sibling. God, we are just sequel. Mach- we are a sequel machine. Yes, <laughs> she thinks it's all ended well, and then yeah. oh, hey, he's back. He's back, and he's mad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it could literally. Is that is that what Vampire Diaries is? Because Damon comes back at the yeah. beginning of that, and he's the wayward. He's he the wayward is. Son. He's the wayward <laughs> son. <laughs> That's what it essentially is. Shit. Oh my god, yes. We should do Vampire Diaries as well, just because it's should do a Diaries. shit show as well. Yeah. I, Actually, I would say arguably worse than, well, not even arguably, like, worse than um than Twilight. It is, it is. I mean, it is worse than Twilight, but it's also great. No, it's great, the, but, like, the devil it's shows trash, up in it. but it's The devil it's literally shows up in it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love anything where the devil shows up. In. I know. I'm reading a book at the moment that where, where that happens, and I was honestly like screaming with with joy when it happened. It is it's good so fun good. when the when the devil shows up. Um, <laughs> the it's devil a good gets time. down. It's a good time. Um, um, yeah, interesting that there isn't a. Is there? Would you say that is thinking about thinking about religion? This started off as a conversation about the va- the vampire wolf conflict, and we've kind of diverted. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's fine. It was natural. It was we natural had we diversion. had a great discussion about it in in the lost episode. Lost of forever. So if you can think of anything interesting to say about it, please fill the gap. Yeah, send us an email for God. God, sex sounds fucking email <laughs> i love receiving emails i love yeah, it i would if anyone else needs to yeah. um but anyway um yeah no i was gonna say like because because carlisle is presented as like the 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 uh, like a god or like a jesus figure mm-hmm. this kind of character is is would you say there is a, a comparable devil because like we've talked about rose uh rosie victoria as a sort of um kind of spectral evil but kind of like not one that's like super doesn't quite encroach like onto the is just like there's just sort of like more of a sense of her evil presence the Volturi I would argue are not actually evil which yeah I, I think I've talked about I think the they want time. us to believe that though like I think they definitely want us to believe yeah like Stephanie May is like but yeah but this is the thing is that like they basically like they get away with a lot like they break they, they break 
all my like basically all the rules. Yeah. <laughs> break all of the rules and suffer none of the consequences mm-hmm. in in the name of love. <laughs> it is true. It is. True. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that necessarily is kind of like if 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 we take that metaphor to its like you said, like it's kind of like natural conclusion. In that, if there's a god, there should be a Satan. Do you know if there is? A, I get, like, I, like I said, I, I feel like the narrative wants us to be like, mm. oh, well, it's Arrow. But like, like you said, like I don't think that he necessarily satisfies my desire for a Twilight Satan because. Like he's not not unreasonable. No, like, they, like he's, like, he's yeah, he like has, we've talked about. He, like he, there is a pragmatism to the legal system. But I guess it's, I guess there you argue is like Satan unreasonable. Well, I don't know. I just don't feel like any character is just like evil, like evil. No, evil. no, I don't think there's. I don't think there's an, an evil character. Maybe what like, Carlisle does is slightly more evil. Just turns, yeah. turns. No, we we spoke about this last time. Is mm. that like the idea that like a, a a rule like a vampire rule under Carlisle would be arguably more oppressive than a vampire rule under the Volturi. Yeah, but I think it's like. It's so it, yeah. I just find it so so uh, so strange that like Stephanie May has chosen this these characters who essentially like can be reasoned with, who don't are uh, like who kind of like let them get away with these with these things um, on the basis of like being provided evidence that it, it that's what should happen. Mm. Um, you know, it's a, and and yet this legal system is is kind of seen as like. Uh, a threat to the to the freedoms of the color family, which yeah. is an incredibly neoliberal point of view, but also like kind of like like it's it's it, it's in in both instances like can be seen as like incredibly neoliberal and kind of like retro two thousand six, but also <laughs> as being like incredibly modern in the fact that they have to like like I've said before like they have to to prove to give evidence on why they should be able to love who they want to love live the lifestyle they want to live and that has to go through like this bureaucratic process and, and it's like this encroaching on on um this bureaucratic and legal encroaching on like the the freedoms of the individual um which i think is is very interesting and like yeah again like the idea like the like arrow sort of knowing everything about you this mm. kind of sense of surveillance yeah. Very so I guess God is just shared amongst Arrow and Carlisle and Satan, I suppose, in a way. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I suppose as well, because Carlisle is never... Is, you, you want to say Carlisle more because Carlisle seems to very rarely, if ever, be kind of questioned. Like, not once has Carlisle ever really questioned in no. the entire thing. Certainly Even though there's so many reasons to do so. Don't. Yeah. And they're the only people whose who's head we see inside. I, I wonder what we'd see from Rosalie's perspective. Yeah, she's like, I hate my dad, I hate my dad, I hate my dad. I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. I want him dead, I want him dead. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 So, basically, they're all Satan. <laughs> basically, everyone's Satan. Oh my god, plot twist. What if Bella's Satan? Plot twist, I don't wait. Know how, I don't know how to work that out, but... <laughs> <laughs> but what if she is? What if she is actual Satan? <laughs> what if, yeah, there we go. Another sequel. Well, I mean, she's. I, I would argue she's quite manipulative. She is quite manipulative, but she I don't know. She spends the whole time being like, you have to turn me into a vampire. You're going to be really sad when I die. Yeah. I want that power. So. <laughs> so Satanic behaviour. <laughs> um. Right, last point before we go, because we're on... It's quite we're nicely, life and death. We're just talking about yeah, life and death, Satan about, and God. Talk about, yeah, life and death. If you don't know, life and death is the gender swap version of Twilight. 
um, in which I think yeah, we did mention it last time, but I don't think we explained it very well. Mm. We didn't know Stephanie Mayer wrote a gender swap Twilight, basically in the effort to prove that her narrative <laughs> was not problematic in its in the way it construes gender, and so everyone has. Everyone has an opposite. We said this last time, actually. This is a point I wanted to bring up again. Really it's like the Charlie problem. <laughs> quiet about, you know, not re... Because then she'd have to rewrite the story. We can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. So, so it's the Charlie problem. So so everyone has... Oh, yeah, everyone's, shit. Everyone's gender, swap, everyone's gender swapped. Um, so Bella is Beau. Edward is Edith. So on and so forth. Mm. We did mention some of the other weird names that she chooses. Um, in the last episode, but everyone's gender swap apart Mike? from Michaela. Okay, I think it's like Michaela or Michelle or something like that. Um, and she like makes a point. Stephanie Mayer makes a point of like po- like it's really weird of pointing out how she straightens her hair. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like Michaela. she has like pin straight hair, and she like describes like that really like that really straight like jagged fringe that was so big in the in in the night in the in the early noughties that's what Michaela has in like blonde hair and Bella's always like oh my god it's clearly straight it's clearly straight it's clearly straight which to me just makes that's such a strange thing which to me to... just makes it sound like it looks really dark yeah <laughs> like, it's got, like frazzled hair it's clearly strange and she like and she like goes out into the snow and like has the snowball fight and then she comes back in and Bella's just like her hair was really frizzy because she's been playing in the snow and it's just like why are you mentioning this why are you mentioning this weird oh fact god. also like I straightened my hair <laughs> I don't go out without having straightened my hair. So like, uh, heck you. Yeah. It's just and I, the second I see you walk into a room, my immediate thought is she's straightened her hair. She's straightened yeah. her hair. She's straightened her hair. <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's one of those, it's, again, it's one of those weird things where it's like Bella's like Bella's like oh like everyone's like oh she doesn't care about appearance or anything like that but she's always talking about this. Mm. But anyway, um, so anyway, the Charlie problem is yes. that it, Stephanie May at, at the at the beginning of the book in the forward in the author's notes or whatever mm-hmm. goes forward and she's like you know the only people who aren't gender swapped in this is Charlie and Renee because and her reasoning for this is that when um Renee gets custody in the 80s Charlie because he's a man would have been less likely to win a custody battle and so she decided to keep them the same but we talked about this last time mm. that that is not a satisfactory reason for us. That is not to a not good answer. Yes, you're <laughs> writing about vampires. You're, yeah, yeah. Um, when are we so considering feminism yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, like since when did we sort of like start thinking about like the court, like divorce in the eighties? Like, what? <laughs> it just seems like such a strange hill to die on. Like, <laughs> yeah. boggles my mind. It's, yeah, and it's strange because it's especially strange. Because Rene is constantly pointed out, is very erratic. Yeah. Cannot... See, like, I think there's a, po- a point at which Bella kind of implies that she struggles to hold down jobs. I don't know how true that is. That I might be making it up. But I think I think that is the case. That, well, it's like, very much that Bella has to parent her. You know what I mean? Yeah, you she like, has sense. to parent her. Like, they, like, she points out that they never have much money because obviously, like, Rene, like, doesn't have, like, a proper job or, like, a, a good job and mm. so so she has less money than charlie who is the chief of police yeah um is the chief of police or, or the sheriff i don't know the difference i don't i, I don't know what either. i don't know what's it's, the it's difference like it's like american the... terminology as well and I'm, yeah I'm exactly exactly and it's not even consistent because of the whole like you know federal system but anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> he's the sheriff of forks so he's got a consistent job he seems to be like you know 
he's able to like yeah consistently hold down a job obviously is quite good at his job obviously well respected in the community makes enough money to support the family like there's a point at the beginning of life and death where Bo is like we me and my mom had to like pool our resources to like buy me a winter coat and it's like yeah fucking <laughs> it's like there's there's literally no reason like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so like there's 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 really no reason why Charlie shouldn't have won custody in the first place. Yeah. So there's no reason why Rene as a man would have gotten would have not I'm confusing myself with all of the different gender It's just and, like, like so it's like it just seems like it just seems like such a strange place to suddenly apply realism. Yeah. Like, exactly. When you've had when your point is to make a point that it would be no different with gender to then be like yeah. I could not change this because it wouldn't have made sense in terms of gender. And it's it's just it's weird. so odd. So so odd. The Charlie problem is almost su- not even. It's almost just kind of like not not worth engaging with, but it's just kind of like you know. It's interesting as to why she did it, but it's just interesting so- that she can't have, can't comprehend the concept of like a a a mom who works full time, yeah. and who doesn't want full custody of her children, yeah. Like she can't really comprehend that in a, in a weird way, and it's it's strange, and it's like you know, it's it's funny because like you know, obviously like. Bo is like it, it puts a real like fem it but it's Bo sorry eh, it puts Bo in a really feminine position because like Bo gets there and he's like it's it's kind of like again like in the same way that Bella does like a bachelor pad mm-hmm. um incidentally I, I read a really interesting... does he still does Bo as 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 a as a boy like still do Charlie's washing yeah. and everything he does he does the cooking he does everything like that and he like is kind of like oh yeah he like Bo's always like oh yeah it was just a lad's pad it was just me and my dad living in this house being men together but also I did all the cooking and the cleaning and the washing and all this all this stuff and like essentially taking care of Charlie and so like I read a really interesting essay uh, when I was looking for my dissertation basically saying how like Bella is sort of positioned like as a, a wife to her dad yeah um and then. And it's interesting to have, to then write a, a book that purports to, um, like, me, you know, deny this or, like, you know, Level, validate Levels of gender way. playing field. Exactly. Yeah. And then you make Bo effectively a queer... Housewife. <laughs> housewife. To his own father. His father yeah. Which is, like, no less weird, but also, like, it's just, it's just, it's just a very interesting decision, Stephanie. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't quite think it's worked. Um, <laughs> your, 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 your thesis uh, has, has Falling failed. Falling slightly short. Yeah. No, um, and yeah, and the whole, you know, the whole dynamic between e- e- Edith and Bo slash Edward and Bella is completely changed as well because, you know, Edith is, you know, but Bo kind of looks at her. It's, it's so interesting because, like, Bella has this thing... In, in in the original in the original saga where she's like, I want to protect the Cullens. I want to throw myself in the path of danger in order to protect these superhuman people. Um, as a frail person who, you know, just can't even like get out of bed without breaking <laughs> her ankle. Um but like but like then Bo does the same and it just takes on like this really weird, like slightly like really like I wouldn't say it is toxic but it definitely walks the border between oh, it because he's sure. like because like Edith's there and she's described I think like we said in the last episode is like really skinny and really small and like delicate but she's super strong but like she looks really skinny and delicate um and like 
Bo is constantly like, God, I just wanted to protect her and all of this stuff. And it's like, she's a vampire. Yeah. Why are you having this dialogue? This is surely, surely this is the most liberating relationship as a man to be in where you're like, oh, my girlfriend can protect herself and me and yeah. my dad and like <laughs> the whole of Forks <laughs> and, like, yeah. and here he is being like I just want to keep you safe and Does it, is there not the scene where like she stops the car from like rolling into him yeah literally like, literally and he's just like seems like quite a you know it's, it's quite a graphic br- and brush like, with death for you to sort of like come to terms with the fact that oh my god yes yeah, she can like stop a moving vehicle with her hand like I yeah, think it's probably but it's like super it's like super incomprehensible she's like but she's so small like oh. how could she how could she have how could this have happened she's so tiny such <laughs> an irritating discourse I know, like, I know. So and it's so it's so strange it's like and, you know she gets to the end of the book and she's like see it's exactly the same and it's like well no everything's yeah. changed <laughs> i do like in fact though i think the area where it becomes where it becomes more likable and probably the area that stephanie Mayer didn't want it to become more likable is is michaela when mm-hmm. Kayla starts going up to him and is like, I'm going to ask Bo to the dance and I'm going to, you know, be really forward about my intentions towards Bo and all of this stuff. And it's like, you know, that's cool. That's what it should have been. And there you go. Yeah. The whole dialogue of like, I just, I just wanted to keep her safe. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. And Michaela deserves better, damn it. Michaela, let, <laughs> Michaela better. Let Michaela's hair frizz. <laughs> let it frizz. Let, let her get her GHDs out. <laughs> let her stop frizzling her hair. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think if if there's any point that we want you to take away from this podcast is um, Michaela rocks. <laughs> Power to Michaela. Power to Michaela. And on that note, we've come to the end of our notes. Mm-hmm. That is a. Uh, Follow my lead. That's that on. That's that's the Twilight Saga, that's guys. That's on that. That's the Twilight Saga. Yes, yes. I feel like this is marginally a less interesting discussion we had in the last episode, but uh, you can imagine the kind of gems we were we were mining oh, then. And but yeah. Anyway, um, as always, if you have any thoughts on this episode, you can write in to us at thevampirebookclub at gmail.com. I will leave a link in the description if you are unsure of how to spell any of those words. Um, and next time we were going to be. We're going to be looking at Jamie's dissertation topic, but uh, we've run out of time. Yes. So we're going to be doing, that's going to be the episode after next. Next episode, we're going to be doing a very special mini episode for Women's History Month at the University of Sheffield, Mm. where we will be doing uh, a slightly, slightly unusual episode for us. We're not going to be looking at a book in its entirety. We're going to be doing a close reading of a woman. Of a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or, yeah. (laughs) Of female villainy. (laughs) We'll be looking at female villainy in in the Italian. It's going to be a little mini episode and it is in conjunction with... um, I some we of did the research, on yeah, Cliff. some of the research that uh, our teachers are doing at, at our university. Um, so that's exciting. Yay. Tune in. We're going to record that in two weeks, and we are. I, I mean, we've probably missed the deadline by now, but we like we have got to get it done because there is a deadline. Yes. <laughs> um, so we will be back in two weeks. We can guarantee that. Um, so if you don't want to miss that, subscribe. Tune in. Tune in, and if you have any thoughts on the Italian, send us. Them your thoughts. thoughts on the email if you just want to say hi if you just want a pen pal just email us and say hi I'm very lonely <laughs> 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 yeah 
yes, keep yes. <laughs> Send us an email to warm our hearts yeah. on these cold winter nights. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Once again, we have been the Vampire Book Club, and we will see you in two weeks' time for our close reading of The Italian. Yes, goodbye. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye. Nice. Nice. <laughs>